What's up, guys? You're listening to The Beat of London on a 3.6 FM with me, Bashak, on my show, The Social. Now, September is very much Virgo season, and we've been talking about it all show. To celebrate, we thought we would amplify some of my favorite British talent who are just doing the damn thing. Who better to kick off the month with than comedian, writer, and now author of That Moment When, Mo Gilligan. Hi Mo, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's quite weird when people say you're you're like an author. I didn't think this was something that would, yeah. that would, would newly, happen. So. Newly poached yeah. how does that feel? Yeah, no, no, massively. It's, it's taken a long, long time. Um, it's weird because sometimes when you do stand-up, you can get your reaction quite instantly or whether it's TV and stuff. Whereas I think with a book, it's almost like, oh, like I'm waiting for it to come out. Then I need people to read it and then I'll get the reaction. So people will obviously consume it at different times, but sometimes when you release something, people will tell you about it straight away. So yeah, it'll be fun, man. It'd be fun. It's a really good book. So I think people really will like really, really enjoy it. It's also like a very prolonged art to writing. I'm sure you found that in the process of writing the thing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's so many, yeah, there's so many different checks uh, that you have to go through for for kind of making a book. Um, but really good at the same time. It's just making sure that it's exactly how it sounds. It's right. There's you know typos as well. Good, um, good writing. Yeah, it's a very uh, thorough um, experience of writing a book, but also probably like quite cleansing. I'd say. Um, it's times where it kind of felt like therapy a little bit for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, like I'm really telling the world this such, cause it's not really a biog, but it is a comedy book, but it is stages of my life at different points. Um, and they're all sectioned in those points. Um, so yeah, it's quite fun, man. It's quite a fun book. Very, very cool. Speaking of cleansing, let's talk about a little bit about this past year <laughs> and what we've all collectively gone through and that collective experience of, of course, the pandemic. Um, on a positive note, because we like to look on the bright side on the show, uh, what have you learned about yourself in, in a year of maybe a bit more of a prolonged silence than maybe you're used to? I guess this is sometimes seeing how, um, probably how precious time is really, because um, when everything, before everything happened, I was just about to go to the States uh, to do the US part of the this tour that I'm about to do. Um, and then it all kind of slowed down and it was quite humbling to realize that, oh, wow, I've got a lot of time. But then at the same time now, I don't have a lot of time. So, um, I think it's mostly the first time in my life where you're like, wow, time has really stopped. Mm -hmm. And now I have to find ways to keep myself occupied. But then when things go back to normal, like they are now, you're realizing like, whoa, like, okay, like. I need to go back to the to the drawing board and find ways I can, you know, relax and enjoy. So I think it's um yeah, for a lot of people, I think we've all just found it at times just like, whoa, I need something to do. And then when something does happen, like I feel like some people were still in that place of like, oh, I think I, I think I don't know if I'm ready to go to a party. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I'm ready for that. But um yeah, I think that's what I've learned probably the best is really how you use your time, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's funny. I kind of have social anxiety now. I don't want to see people that much. I'm yeah, like- I, I, I agree, man. Like I went out for the first time, uh, my girlfriend and her parents recently, and it was like a big bar and there was loads of people out dancing and eating. And I was like, well, I haven't been out like this yet. This was just like, it's weird. Even when I see yeah. people, when you don't know whether to give them a hug or a handshake, 
um it'll take a little time to like get used to everything really take time that's the, that's the message of the day absolutely yeah yeah now you of course started out in the stand-up world um what i really wanted to ask you which i thought was really a point of curiosity for me do you ever miss those times when you were on the circuit the diy the struggle when you didn't necessarily know it was going to be this whole thing do you ever oh, yeah. to that whole version of yourself and do you think like old mo or what do you think old mo would think about you now i don't know i think um when i look back at young mo almost yeah I, he was like a proper grafter like i was going to as far as wide as possible to to do a gig so i think like seeing old mo and probably knowing the story and following it i'll be like oh wow this guy's this guy's really like following his dream he's really doing it yeah. like um and weirdly enough yesterday i say yesterday last week someone who's quite young who's working on the latest show he's like oh how'd you do it man how'd you find time for everything do you sleep and i don't know i think there's probably times i would have probably if i was to look at myself as a younger mo I would have felt the same be like oh my god this guy's not stopping man but mm. i don't know there's parts in that in the, in the younger mo i guess he was also like starting out but um yeah no i i think for stand-up i definitely miss like being on stage it's the thing that keeps you on your toes mm. when you're when you're in this field you know it gets very like tv's great i love doing it but stand-up is something that really keeps you on your toes um you sharp because you've got to be sure yeah. that crowd is real. That really yeah. Is real. Yeah, it really does. It keeps you on your toes. And it's also, um, I don't know, it's one of the things where you still want to prove it. You know, there's sometimes I, I do gigs and I could, and there's comics in the room, you know, and I kind of need to prove to them, like, look, I've still got it. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a level of, yeah, there's always, yeah, comedians will say there's always a level of, like, showmanship a little bit. Like, do you know what I mean? As much as they're my friends, it's like I've, I've still got it it's because i do tv i haven't lost it so i think it's that a little bit you know what you chronicle some of this in the book um what do you think drove you so much to graft as much as you did back then what do you think was the source of that energy because it looks like something different for anybody and everyone mm. pursuing a creative path you could be a painter you could be a photographer and they require different things from you but the character traits are the same what do you think drove you and why were you so hungry? Yeah, I think why I was so hungry when I was when I was really starting out, I'd, I'd most probably say it was like, I, I knew I was good. Mm. So I had that always in the back of my head when I'd go as far as I could to perform for like 10 minutes and I'd be very, and, I, and, I, and have, I'd have a good set. So I always knew I was good and it was just like, keep going at it. And something might pop up, it might not, but also I was getting to do a job which is like, I just love doing this like as much as i get to you know get to work in retail and stuff that's not really what i loved doing i think comedy for me was like this is what i love doing mm -hmm. and i want to keep doing it as much as possible whether it's a big room a small room or i'm unknown or well known it was just the one thing that was able to like you know i, I met a lot of my, my friends through through comedy uh, i'm still friends with today so yeah, I think that's like one of the coolest things about doing stand-up. It really gets you to places you didn't think that you mm. that, that was possible. It also sharpens your wit, right? Because you, you've got to oh, be, yeah. you got to be yeah, like the you, references you do. And, and, yeah, yeah, you you've always got to be on your toes. I think with stand-up, you always got to be on your toes. You you never know who is who's watching. Um, 
what you know it could be a birthday there you know you're always in like i think when it comes to people's sense of humor you know laughter is subjective but the thing is when you're on stage your sole goal is to make everyone laugh um so yeah it's it's, it's quite a hard job when you look at the outside but when you're on stage and it goes well it mm. goes really well you mm. know so i think that's what was always a driving factor for me you know it resonates very very cool Speaking yes of, um I, I actually watched momentum again on netflix the other evening and oh thank you and it just again struck me what a great storyteller you are beyond it because that is almost what you've got to do there's an observational comedy element obviously but the way you piece together even the you know the piece about the ladies getting ready and all of that oh yes yeah 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 tick yep yeah what rooms you've been in but all of that was very very accurate is that something that always came naturally um to you i think it was something i definitely was able to get better at the more more stand up i'd done mm -hmm. um because i think sometimes when you do stand up it's time you only got five minutes so you don't really have a, have have that much time to tell that story but i think like as much as you're telling a story you want to have bits of wit in it bits where it, you know you, like observations a punchline um so i think like whenever i write for a set like at five ten minutes for a comedy night it's completely different how i'd write for like my special for example um and also trying to make comedy that's quite timeless yeah. you know i feel like that's a joke that you know people would watch it in 20 years time and it would still some some way be kind of relevant um so it's quite a hard thing to, to write for but it just comes with confidence and i always said it with comedy you don't have to be the funniest you mm. just have to be the most confident um when you're telling your material because your audience believe you as well mm -mm. and and they see themselves in, in you right yeah 100% characters yeah yeah they see themselves in you and they relate to you and then they're tapping their friend next to them like oh my god you do that or oh that's you who does that um while all the while enjoying like what's what's coming up next um so i think i've always found like a bit of a niche with like my comedy of like observational stuff a bit of nostalgia ways of storytelling with including punchlines and music um just trying to uh, trying a little bit of everything but also putting on a show you know like i think that's the the major thing when you do stand up and you get to do a special like momentum you want to make it like a show so if you're watching it at home you're like oh feel like i'm there on the night yeah 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 i think that's really important and every comic's different every comic um you know some comics are, are different i think i've always tried to tailor my stuff as like i want this to be an actual a, an event a show that you you sit there and you say oh my god i'd, I'd go and see that again Mm. um because that's the comedy i've always enjoyed when i watch someone and i'm like i'd actually pay to watch that again because that was so funny i want to hear it again or we'll take someone new so yeah it's it's quite a tough task but um at the same time the payoff is is really good you yeah. know the rewarding feeling when it hits to the crowd is just yeah yeah 100% yeah it's it's, it's such a sweet feeling man and it's one of like the best feelings when you're on stage and you tell some 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 material and it just lands you're like oh that is that's what that i do right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the thing is as well like you know comedy you, you can't buy that you yeah. know you it doesn't matter how famous you are if you go into the arena of stand-up people won't just laugh to laugh you know and you they're, they're critics with it as well because they come with a preconceived notion of I'm gonna laugh tonight, and if I, it's like yeah. I'm gonna date, it's like yeah. I'm gonna like you. If I don't like you, I'm gonna judge you harsher. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really good way to analyze it. Really, it's, it's very much like that. It's 
people are coming to laugh mm -hmm. like so i make sure like we put on a show and it starts from the moment the doors open really we have a dj who plays music and gets everyone in the zone where you're like oh like, oh this is a good song yeah because we really yeah. want it to be a party atmosphere so it's very like even down to like some of the venues we were picking it was like they have to feel like almost music venues a little bit yeah like the sound is good like even the location making sure like this is a great location to do comedy because if people are driving they have parking and all these little small Everything things that would just fine tunes it and look every every act is every act's different but i think i go to a lot of music events so i always try to like look at it from that perspective like what do i want when i go to a music event i want to you know i want to see the artist i want to make sure i can get drinks i don't want to drive but if I do drive, I want to make sure it's parking. Like, I don't like the thing is like if you if someone has a good night out and they've spent maybe fifty pounds or sixty pounds on drinks, and then they like when you go to events, the parking's more expensive. If you know like I've set up everything up for them to have that night, they won't worry about paying twenty pounds for parking. Yeah. So it's all those ingredients that make the show like what it is because if it's not a good night then they say oh my god i'd have spent 20 pound on parking 70 pound on drinks and it wasn't good and then they're stressing about the wrong thing right and yeah yeah yeah, yeah experience that you guys are trying to build and momentum yeah. definitely felt like that it was like an amphitheater with, with, oh, with the vibe and, and the band and very very cool um for you obviously you're very well known now how does it feel or what were the challenges for that kind of pressure because now you have the name attached, right? There is an anonymous guy yeah, on the stage. Yeah, yeah. the comedian. I, I, I probably say it's probably harder than before because I think sure. there was a level of like, they didn't really expect much, but I'd give them a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd charge, you know, 15 pounds for a ticket. Um, whereas now the tickets are double that because we're in bigger venues. Um, so now there is, you're, yeah. yeah you're better like, production, everything is. Yeah. So all of these things now count to a bigger show, but there's a lot more pressure because people would see you from different spaces. Some people just see you on TV, say, oh, I'm going to buy a ticket. Some people say, oh, I'm a big fan. I've seen the last one, so I'm expecting this one to be good. Some people, it's their first time. So you have a mixture now of different audience members where you're kind of like, oh, like, I've got first timers. I've got people that have followed me for ages. I've got people that have just seen me on TV a couple of times and thought it was, it was uh, what I've done was quite funny. So there's probably a lot more pressure on me now than there was when I first started. But also what happens is when there's a lot more pressure, like there's also that, that much more demand. So there's people who are coming who are already in their head. They're like, this is going to be a good night because I like, cool, I like you. Yeah. Yeah. Because not to say they did it. Yeah. Not so they didn't. I guess last time is I didn't know what to expect. Whereas now there's like, I know this is going to be good. So I'm setting myself up for it. So you have a, a bit of a balance sometimes, you know? Very, very cool. And how do you deal with that pressure? I think for me, it's just like, I, I don't really, I, one, I don't watch a lot of comedy. I just don't. I just tend to try and write in my lane, write what I'm good at writing. Um, it's easy to do bigger shows and think of bigger ideas and mm -hmm. bigger jokes. But it's just almost like looking back at what, people have always found funny in terms of like the the, the pressure I get. It's just part and parcel of, mm. of, the, of the world I'm in now. You know, you've always got to keep making it better. But ideally it's just like, well, I can only make it as good as- But they I, like I you to. and they want more. Yeah. So it's kind of for everyone else to, to once I go on stage, it's like, well, that's it now. I've made the show the best I could. 
and that's that really but um yeah i i think in terms of handling the pressure it's um just yeah just keep on making stuff that people like really and want to hear you know speaking of making stuff that people like um let's talk a little bit about content creation because of course social media is a big part of the way you even came up um mm-hmm. in the journey there um how do you get inspired for content because i know there's a lot of you know comedians especially if anyone listening in who wants to just cut through that noise and they're mm. hashtagging everything and they think they're doing everything right but but maybe the content isn't resonating or doesn't have the platform it deserves especially if it is good yeah i i think when it comes to content creation it's hard because everyone sometimes sole goal in creating something is for it to go viral whether you're an artist and you want your painting to go viral on on the platform or you're a comedian or a singer um but i always say that viral happens purely by accident on the fact of someone else making it possible um and if you try to create stuff for it to go viral you're not really creating the, the best art for yourself that you can you're creating it for a moment in a time and the, sometimes the worst thing can happen is if you created it for it to go viral it does go viral once it finishes you're then sitting there just like so back to drawing board yeah. it's almost like a bit like giving like kids sweets like i want the sweets and you give it to them then they're like i want some more and you're like well you, you finish the sweets now yeah. um and i think it's like for content creation like there's there's no um i always say there's no pressure on it really don't ever put yourself under the pressure of feeling like you must go viral or i've got to do this because that person's doing that as long as you know something a lot of people use like the hashtags and stuff there's so many platforms out there that you can now use to get your creativity out there um and you know this i think that the cool thing is like as much as there's someone who has thousands or millions of followers for what they do it's kind of really like as long as you're happy with it and it makes you know, might just have three people that just like your stuff you know that's more than you you had when you started you know it's not really a numbers game it's purely just like oh man these three people love it and if i have paintings and only one person buys it you've already made a profit do you know what i mean that pays for your materials for your next painting and so on and so forth so i guess like it's never really like looking at content creation as a numbers game because it's very easy to when it comes to you know they've got they've got this many followers and that many views or i need to get my subscribers up and stuff it's just definitely patience game and consistency is i'd always say is key but um i think the minute you do it for the love everything else will come afterwards mm-hmm. and before you know it something will happen and you're just not ready for it and you're like oh my god someone wants to buy my painting for a lot of money or someone loves my music and wants me to perform at this event and yeah like i think that's what i started concentrating on for myself i just used to this love making people laugh and trying to ideas and stuff and it just purely happened quite organically and i guess then obviously that like, when these things do happen then it's like okay cool back to the drawing board like how can I, i've got i've got a small audience now mm-hmm. so i'm going to try and aim more things at this new audience that i have and try and make my stuff more accessible what do you guys want next um so yeah i'd say with content creation just do it for the love mm-hmm. and everything else that you want will pretty much come afterwards you know. Mel said go back to the drawing board, work on your craft. Yeah, 100%. More yield. Very, very cool. We are going to be back after a short music break. You're listening to Bashak on the Beat London. Don't go anywhere.
What's up, guys? You're listening to The Beat London on a 3.6 FM with me, Bashak, on my show, The Social. Right before the break, we were speaking to Mo the Comedian uh, about all things his new book, content creation, and doing it for the love. We're back with Mo now. Hi, sir. How are you? Yes, I'm very good. Yes, I'm very good. Thank you. Very, very cool. So first of all, I've got to say big, big congrats on that moment when it is your brand new book, which is launching September 2nd with Penguin Random House. I mean, incredible. How does it feel um, like to have your own? No, to have my own my own book. I didn't think it was something that was even possible if I'm completely mm. honest with you. Um, and it did take a long time. Um started this last summer uh the beginning of like last summer um and yeah it was you know it was every day going in working on the book trying to you know just get it there and where it needs to go and send in a draft and then make call we like that one that's got to change so there's a lot of that that changes but um it's a fun book man like you know it starts from me as a kid of things that we i feel like is a very relatable book as well there's moments that people can can read the book and like, oh, I relate to that or I relate to that chapter. And it's probably one of those books where you can read any chapter and start there. Obviously, I want you to start from the beginning, but you could read the end chapter. You could read the other chapter. It's a little bit like sometimes you listen to music and you put it on shuffle. That's one way I'd kind of describe the book. You can put it on any chapter and you're like, oh, cool, that is that. But it's quite good because there's some things that go back to other parts of the book. So ideally you kind of want to read it from the start but you can read any chapter and kind of just just enjoy it as as people like to read you know mm-hmm. i actually um read some of the preview copy that i had and it actually this is going to be a strange comparison to make but it reminded me a bit of drake's take care album oh okay oh, because you. you kind of go back and you tell the story again yes 100 percent. yeah, yeah. With the album and uh why was that important for you to do at this stage well, weirdly enough, like my, my story was kind of, I felt like it was getting a bit diluted in mm-hmm. in my success a little bit. And I think, you know, when I got the opportunity to do a book, I was like, I don't know if I would, I'm not at an age where I'd want to do my biography just yet. Yeah, we're still so like, let's not do that. Yeah, like I'm still quite young and I'm just like, I know, I don't know if my audience would want to read my biography. Yet. There's so much I've still got to do and want to do. So it was almost like I want to make something which is a biog, but also something which is the story of from when before. Before I was me, as people know me as Mo the Comedian or Mo Gilligan, it's the story of Messiah Gilligan. Do you know what I mean? It's that story um, when it comes to being a kid and wanting to play out with your friends and all those things or going to your friend's house. And it's all those things that we all done as, as kids and we all relate to. That is that were moments where they shaped us, but also at the same time, there's moments in the book where I kind of reflect on some of those moments. So being a kid and there's a part in the book going to like my friend's Pierre's house and he'd have all the toys and I'd be like, wow, wicked, you got all this, all the toys, but I lived on an estate and he didn't really have much friends, but he lived in this big old house. Whereas for me, it was a complete opposite because I had loads of friends. I didn't have all the toys I needed. And I think that's the parts of reflection in the book, which I've kind of dropped at points in the book where it's like, you know, realizing like, like as, as a kid, those things you didn't really analyze. But I think as an adult, you're like that. That's what's kind of shaped you. Like, mm. you know, knowing like you're like an adult now, you're like, 
I'd rather be able to go out with all my friends on a weekend and have fun yeah. than sit in a massive house by myself and have, uh, you know, a fleet of cars and the best clothes. Because I'm like, I've got, going, I've got no friends to show them or go with. Or I think it's really uh, about like moments as, as you get older. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I kind of really wanted to have that. Like mm-hmm. as one of the things that was the lead in the book, you know? Very beautiful. And actually reclaiming some of that narrative that isn't just like, I used to work at Levi's and I uploaded my content. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Not just that. Yeah, like I, I, I'll be honest, there's times where like I need to find a picture of myself for like something, like a headshot picture. And I'll Google myself and I read the Wikipedia bio and I'm like, that's not me. Oh, but people, but, but like pe- people would, would read that. and people say, you know, you should never Google yourself. I'd only ever do it for like, I need a picture or yeah. there's a headshot I need from this show and I want to try and grab it. Um, and yeah, like there's times where I'd, I'd read like what's on Wikipedia and I'm just like, that is not the story in Balamore. <laughs> yeah. Look at that revised. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoever owns that page, I don't even know who. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I want to talk a little bit about your audience um, because I thought it was very cool. You actually dedicated the book to everyone who supported me on this incredible journey so far. Um, mm. It was very sweet. Um, what do you want people who are tuned in, who want to go cop the book, who can't wait to read it, what do you want them to get out of reading this book for them personally? I, I think it's just um, being able to like come on this journey with me. Mm. You know, I think that's the thing with a book. A lot of people have followed my journey. A lot I met people that have said, I remember when you posted this video or I remember seeing you on this TV and now you're doing this. Or some people who are just, there'll be people that will be buying the book for the first time who have no idea who I am. And again, like you're part of this journey, you know, someone purchasing the book, someone buying it for a present. Um, and I think that's what I'd really want to take out of the book really is having all these people that have been on this journey with me to carry on being on it do you know what i mean every i always say like any journey people join at different parts and get off the stop at different stations so yeah you know there's some people that have they just love the videos you know um and again sometimes you do mainstream success and they're like eh, it's not for me anymore now i'm just here for the videos and, and that's okay everyone joins at different parts of the journey so that's why i had to thank everyone because you know, there were some people who would watch some of my early videos and, but they still played a part somehow, you know? So yeah. Directly, very cool. And if you had to name this chapter in your life? Um, I think this is the chapter where I said it recently to somewhere else and not somewhere, someone else recently. And I said, I'm at a stage in my life where if I could literally buy more hours in the day, I would do that as soon as possible because I'm most probably the busiest I think I've ever been really um and don't get me wrong like it's it's a lovely feeling to be you know to be able to work considering last year we was in a in a pandemic and you we, we couldn't um but yeah this is most probably the busiest I've I've ever been where I'm I'm very much a person I'm always looking to the next thing so although we're in we're in August now I'm already my head's like in September so um yeah but also at the same time it's um yeah it's good man like I'm able to do a lot of things I always kind of call it as like you want to do one thing really good that you don't have to do it again so you know metaphor is probably like spinning plates you know like for a lot of my my career early on I was spinning a, a lot of plates and some of them would drop so I'd make sure this one was where even things like now in tv you know I just 
I really enjoy what I get to do. So I want to keep being better at it so I can don't have to worry about spinning that plate anymore. Same with like stand up. It's like cool, like got Netflix special, been spinning that plate. But, you know, it's like cool, like just finished TV. Got to go back to this, this spinning this plate over here. Um, so I think that's why when I when I look at my career at the moment, it's just making sure like you kind of set yourself up for the future a little bit. You know, because I, I, I really enjoy what I get to do, but also just, you know, you just want to be so good at it that you're just, it's just, you know, this, you get to do it forever, really, you know. And then in all of that also, you don't want to ever lose the love where you become so polished and so rehearsed yeah. and so good that you're not yeah. with it because people can feel that as well. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's as I always say, it's great being busy, but, you know, sometimes we're always like, you know, one 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 moment in our life that can make things slow down. So it's also remembering to also do that as well to make sure, like, as much as I, I work and I'm busy, is kind of slowing down, spending time with with loved ones, family, and friends, which have been there from the start, really. So, um, yeah, I think that's just just as important, you know. Now, when this show, when this episode goes to air, it will be Sunday. Ah, oh, um, lovely. What does self care then look like for you? Because we're all about taking a minute and spending you know time with loved ones what's your ideal sunday paint a picture for me oh it would be yeah probably do you know what i've just got a dog so probably going to the, like a nice relax like richmond park mm. is a really the nice park. yeah they got the deers and stuff there's so much there's enough room for everyone yeah um probably like going richmond park and then in the evening just like fan like family and friends just pr probably more family than friends but like family just having a nice big meal probably a takeaway so yeah. that way you don't need to worry about like wash it up clean it, put it in a bag and put it in the bin but that's got to be like my ideal like sunday and weekend um where you're like oh yes that is how i'd like to relax do you know what i mean yeah, puppy and takeaway that's a good combination yeah 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 just go to the park put the dog in the back, go and enjoy the park and then come back home, have friends and family over. Um, yes. And then, yeah, everyone goes home about 10, 11 o'clock. Then I come yeah, back. Else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no one's staying over. So no, it's that. definitely like, cool, everyone go home. I'm going to watch something on Netflix, Brick and Morty or something like that. And then that's like the perfect weekend, yeah. And uh, if we were to ask any of your friends that maybe join you for dinner, if they were to describe you in three words, mm. what they say, and you're not allowed to say funny, that's not a thing. Oh, one of the words is probably laid back. Mm -hmm. Very laid back person. Bit of a control freak. Um, when it comes to like content and stuff, I'm very, I know how I want it to look and be. Mm. So I'm very like, it's got to be like this. Like, like there's times where I'm like, play. I'll, I'll, I will control the camera and everything, and this is the sound, and I want to edit it. Mm -hmm. Bit of a control freak, and probably, um, oh, what's the third one? What is the third one? Laid back, pedantic. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably say um, most probably late, like late. Like, it's not even like I'm late, like, fashionably late, but it's almost like my friend, like, if my friends are meeting at 10, 
I'm probably going to meet them at 11, but I'll meet them there because <laughs> I know I'm very laid back. So I'm probably like, guys, I'll just meet you there. You're like, the first person that said that on the show. Yes. Late the no, I think late. Yes, late is no, I do try to improve on. Um, you yeah. But it's, it's weird because like, like the, I always say there's three stages of late. you got that level one late. I'm only five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Level two is probably me, probably like 15, 20. But I'm always keeping you updated on my lateness. Communication is key. Right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm normally someone I'm like, cool, I'm on the way. I'm 15 minutes, I'm 20 minutes. or. But then I've got a friend who's so late, you don't even know if he's even coming. So you're standing at a station and you're like, is, is he even coming? <laughs> and, it, and it's a surprise. So um, I'd probably say, yeah, le- level two lateness. It's yeah. acceptable. Level three is just rude. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. We're grown. Yes. Don't, don't be level three friend. Yeah. No, man. No one likes level three lateness, man. Like to the point where you're like, "Are you even coming? Are you okay?" Like, yeah. Yeah. It's something happened to you en route. Yes. So yeah. 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 It's one of the worst. One of the worst. Love it. And before I let you go, um, this show is of course called the Social. I would love to know what your drink of choice would be if I could offer you a drink right now, if you do drink. You know what, my drink of the choice. Drink. Yeah, my drink of choice um, is between two. So I really like a mojito. That's like my drink with a lot of um, a lot of, lot of sugar oh. in it as well. Um, but then I also like a passion fruit martini as well. Mm. So it's a toss up between them two. Probably... I think I'll go with a mojito because it's it's quite nice. Once you've finished it, you get like this minty, lemony water that is left over. And um, a passion fruit martini goes quite quick. So I'm going with a mojito. Yes, with loads of sugar though. It's got to have a lot of sugar in it. A lot of sugar, a lot of mint residue. So you can yes. sip some more with the ice melt. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's got to have a lot of mint in it. So um, yeah, it's got to be a mojito. I love it. Very, very cool. Now, let us know what is up next for you and how we can find you on the socials. Yeah, I think now we, we start the tour. Tour kicks off. Mm-hmm. Um, all tickets are valid. If people had any tickets from 2020, I get asked this question every day. Is my ticket still valid? 100%. Yes. So, um, all previous tickets that you did buy are absolutely valid. Um, but just make sure you do contact your ticket provider. Um because I don't know where you're sitting, basically. Um, uh, so that kicks off um, on the 14th, 14th, just under two weeks. And yeah, I, I, I do that from September to December. Um, and that's probably like going to be Same. the main thing I'll be I'll be doing for the, for the next. Is it coming out that moment when? Yes, that moment when is out 2nd of September. So yeah, let's get on that Times bestseller list. Yeah, amen. Go, go rack up those sales. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it, man. So yeah. All of that. All of that. Thank you so much, Mo. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. All right, guys. We're gonna get into some music. This is Sunday at the Beat London. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 